Oi, ACDC, can you stop squabbling enough so we can save the planet? And welcome to the Whovian Review. I'm Michael. I'm Shelby. I'm Colin. I'm Kelsey. I'm Carl. I'm Jeremy. <laughs> and you are listening to the Whovian Review. We have too many people. We have a full <laughs> house. It's feeling just like the TARDIS in this episode. I know, right? A little cramped. A little cramped. So we're talking about Nikola Tesla's Night of Terror, which we all just watched for the very first time. So we have a lot to process and think about, um, and it, it, there's a lot going on in this episode. Well, I, I just want to start off by saying I really love the depictions of Tesla and Edison. It was refreshingly accurate how Edison steals a ton of ideas and really, you know, makes out Tesla to be a horrible person, and Tesla's just like... He's almost know, like in, the doctor in, in a sense. Yeah, inventing Born. spectacular things and and completely, you know, getting slammed for it because he's way ahead of his time, and... You know, Edison just does stuff like that. I just thought that it was done really well. In the moments <laughs> between Edison and Tesla, I think, were some of the some of my favorites from this episode. I love the opening shot with Tesla, though. He just had that kind of sense of wonder that an inventor would have. And I, Goran Vincent has always been a favorite actor of mine. He was in the show Timeless. He was also in ER. Um, he just... He's a really intriguing person to watch on film, and so they they definitely chose the perfect person to be Tesla in this. He even looks like Tesla in, in a sense. Um, but um, but I really I really have to agree. This the acting in this was phenomenal, and, and the writing too. The writing and well, I mean, just in this in the sense of with the the Tesla and Edison part of it, I'm talking just about the plot actually. Made sense and yes, finished it, in a way did. that made sense, and there weren't any like weird things that weren't resolved. Yeah, it was tied up really nicely. I, yeah, I w- stayed true to like the history of like the last time that you know a, a race of alien scorpions came by to terrorize the planet. What? No, that was spiders. You're thinking of the Rachnos. Yeah, I was just making a joke. I didn't think that actually <laughs> happened in our history, but yeah. <laughs> haven't you ever yeah, seen I, I War, War of the Worlds? <laughs> yeah, well, in, in this particular story, we did have an alien that looked similar to the uh, the Queen of Arachnus, who we saw during the David Tennant era, and a lot of like similar type of concept of, of ruling over a large group of. Uh, arachnid-like creatures. Yeah, these scorpions. Although it looked like they were more like robotic scorpions yeah. than anything else. And they, they really were did. very poorly designed, be they robot or biological, because they kept tripping over their own feet. They could get taken down by, like, a bullet. Yeah, but they had laser tails. Come on. Yeah. That's pretty cool. But also you had these um, these creatures taking over the appearance of dead people. 
And what I thought was kind of interesting was that it seemed more like a Rutan from yeah, the classic Especially Doctor since era. we had the floating green orb. Yes, that's what I was thinking. But I thought for sure it was them, but then, nope. <laughs> no, no, it was actually something that the Doctor pointed out was just an information device that was supposed to be transmitting information. In this case, it was reprogrammed to receive information. Do we know what happened to that at the end? Did, did she leave that with Tesla? No. I guess we do. No, she she had it in the TARDIS, powering yeah. things at one point, so oh, she must okay. have to hit the third. So I was like, yeah. I feel like that would have altered the course of history a little bit. Oh, definitely. But interestingly enough, it, um, it, it was something that Tesla was able to kind of comprehend what was going on with it by calling it remote control, which is kind of cool. Right. Yeah. And then actually using the signal to call back to its source as well. It sounds like he was really into the, to the mix of it. Yeah. Well, plus, I, I guess it came up with the idea for Wi-Fi, too, which I didn't realize. And radar <laughs> and, like, a lot of things. Yeah. So I, I see, like, Ray here guns. that the theme is definitely continuing, that they're, um, you know, throwing nods back to a lot of different Doctor Who. And I think it was a clever way to do it just because of all the different types of alien tech we could see get pieced together by these, you know... Um, alien pirate raiders. Oh, yeah, good point. Although it did kind of annoy me slightly that the Doctor referred to the Silurian gun as alien, because... We all know that the Silurians come from Earth. Yeah, and the Doctor's largely been very insistent about that fact to their companions, being like, oh, they're aliens. He's like, no, they're Earthmans. It doesn't seem like a slip of the tongue the Doctor would usually make. Yeah, but that was a slight thing, so I guess I can let that one pass. But but the overall theme was was Tesla's ability to invent these these um, these very amazing things, that, and he his vision of communicating around the globe was something that even that little orb that came through that was kind of representing. Not only through the world, but this is now through the universe. Yeah, it, this is this is something coming from another world, and and bringing information from that world to to Earth, or at least it was supposed to. Not just calling back on the story bits, but even some of the camera works uh, are very reminiscent of the older Doctor Who. Like the close up on the Queen's face is very much like the Queen of Arachnos, and with a lot of enemies. They'd usually do that sometimes to keep it then vague. Well, they they did do a lot of um, the pacing was much more Russell T Davies era pacing. Yeah, this whole season they've really improved the pacing. Thank goodness. Um, but yeah, also, and I think the enemies too. Like I think uh, last last week with the dregs, I thought there was really good production value, and I'm I, I was digging the mechanical scorpions. Yeah, even the though teeth they tripped over the there. Queen, <laughs> uh, yeah, freaked me out. Yeah, I was less enthused by the queen's depiction. Um, in, in I liked her a lot I better. It worked well. I think she she was a, effective as a as a villain and a nasty, you know, bad guy. True, but to Jeremy's point, I think that uh, she actually was a lot more you know, frightening looking when in the close-up than she was when they showed her whole body. <laughs> and that roar. Oh. I found the scorpions really cute. You thought they were cute, huh? Yeah. It reminded me... Take one home with you, give it a little hug. It reminded me <laughs> of a certain alien, though, like their face, like the one in The Caretaker, the 12th Doctor episode. Oh, that robot thing? Yeah. Yeah. It kind of reminded me of that. They never, I guess, didn't really explain how they could turn into looking like dead people. 
Uh, yeah, but that's a technology that a lot of different races in Doctor Who have. Yeah, it's um, like a it's, projection. It's called a, a, a perception yeah. filter, and you can make people think that you look a certain way. And it it's aided by the, you know, the human or whatever brain that, you know, sees what it wants to see. And it also adds to it with technologies. So well, I think the big that thing that was unexplained was all the companions are here in this great, um, you know, time-appropriate clothing. And, you know, the doctor doesn't even think to change. Yeah. Well, that happens a lot, too. <laughs> the doctor never seems to change. I mean, if you're if you're Tom Baker... Hey, hey, um, hey, she changed her shirt. It was red this time. She's only worn the red shirt one other time. <laughs> fair point, fair point. But, my, but if you look at back at other doctors that waltz in in either multicolored scarves or multicolored coats, I, I don't think the doctor really cares what he or she looks like. Well, yeah, I mean, like, think about the town of Wen Shiang when the fourth doctor forced Leela into an uncomfortable, like, period dress and then refused to change himself. Go figure. Well, it, see, that what what's weird about this is that the doctor actually does change to fit the times sometimes. Right. Like, the twelfth doctor did that when he and Bill went back to... Um, uh, London on the Thames. Uh, to be honest, I think the Doctor only changes his or her clothes when um, when it's fun to do so. <laughs> Maybe she has one of those perceptor thingies like that just does her outfit. <laughs> oh. And she's actually just walking around naked. <laughs> yeah, or, or I mean, it's just like so we as the audience can't see it, but everybody, like what she has with the little pad of paper that she can the make. psychic paper? Yeah, it's like, maybe she has psychic clothes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Well, there is one point when the doctor does have to be naked and, you know, psychically project clothing onto himself. Well, glad I didn't see that episode. <laughs> <laughs> it was Matt Smith, too. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Not that you really see much. Um, but, um... I would have loved to. <laughs> Oh dear! Something I've noticed with this episode that I think's been pretty consistent along the season, um, you know, it's it's, and I think it's a challenge because we just have we have three companions, yeah, and we have the Doctor, and we keep introducing like newer characters that are getting their own kind of pivotal roles. It, it seems like it's hard to juggle. Um, this time again, you know, I, I think everybody had a nice moment or a liner, um, but I, I didn't get a lot of rich complexity and character development or a story there. I, I think in past eras, when you had one or two companions, it was much better to take a deeper dive. Um, but this, I, I think it's it's hard to spread it out. I, I think it's going to be a consistent challenge. I think Yaz had a stronger role in this particular Yeah, but episode. Ryan and Graham were like hardly in it. Yeah, they, they were kind of sidelined, unfortunately. But she had a lot of direct interaction with Tesla. And she was the one that was kind of telling him, hey, we're in this together. I'm not going to leave you just stranded with this. Yeah, and again, I think that's probably like a reaction to fans complaining that she got sidelined in like every single episode last season, even the one that was about her family. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I have to say like another theme I'm noticing this season is that they're really trying to like push like in, like female empowerment side or like you know new characters in every single story so far they've had like some woman that's like outside of her time in a way yeah, and it's you know talking about like modern political issues or challenges every time too you know last time um we, we had climate change and we had before that we had you know google and 
big tech. And this one, it wasn't so in there, but you had, you know, the airs of immigration. <laughs> Although, actually, I think that that, that, was, that was real at the time. There was a lot of xenophobia that went on well it was also big business of course like business versus inventors and like how if you happen to like have run a good business then you must be evil like in the first episode with the google guy it's a little bit preachy to me personally but yeah the whole season (laughs) has been pretty preachy although i didn't find this episode to be really preachy it it was more subtle I, i think than the last three episodes um, but this kind of goes with Chris Chibnall's vision was that he wanted to kind of come in with the season 11, which he did and, and make things more, uh, women oriented, which kind of makes sense given that the doctor's now female. Um, and then he wanted to make it more diverse. The problem that you can run into when doing this, though, is that you can then look like you're just being PC or politically correct with everything you're doing. And I think that's when the gripes that a lot of the fans had for Series 11. In Series 12, I'm finding that I think the tone has shifted away from the the beginnings of the 13th Doctor and more towards, okay, let's get this back to Doctor Who. And yet keep retain some of what that vision held. And so I think he's doing a better job of it. I don't I think there's like Kelsey said, it's still getting a little bit on the political side. But to be fair, if you go back to John Pertwee era, that was extremely political back then. They had so many stories that back then that were politicized. And the doctor, of course, was always at odds with the government or the people that were in charge of the government. So this kind of political messaging in Doctor Who is not something that's new. This is something that Barry Letts and Terence Dix and a whole bunch of other Doctor Who creators and people from the past have put in there. And I don't think it's it's necessarily a bad thing or unwelcomed or out of place, but I do I, I do think in especially I think more so last season where they let some of the political messaging I think overtake the plot and the, the great quality of the story itself. Well, they, um, they kind of forgot the plot. There could be some trade-offs, yeah, <laughs> yeah, there. But I think this was nice. You know, you have a, a little nod, you know, towards, you know, immigration of the past and, you know, some things with, um, you yeah, know, Edison one. and Tesla. And it didn't really – it wasn't a, a main focus that took away from the whole story. And it actually, I think, toward. added a little bit to the story because it was, you know – Accurate for the time period, yeah. Yeah. And so so it it kind of worked. And honestly, I think that if this episode had been in any season prior to 11, we probably wouldn't have noticed that there were, like, noticed it as being a political bent. I think that it's more because we're, you know, primed primed. and ready to to, to see that there. Because I I really don't think that there was a lot of, you know, political commentary on modern day in it. No, I think the focus is more on Edison versus Tesla. Right. And and then, of course, this crazy alien (laughs) diversion. (laughs) Yeah, and I think that it it was well split between it. Because I think that if they'd given the aliens any more, you know, screwed time, then they would have gotten boring yeah. but i think that the amount of time that they gave them and the amount they were embedded in the plot actually was perfect because they remained exciting and interesting and even though they were driving the plot forward they weren't really in a lot of ways weren't the main focus no they weren't as a matter of fact in a sense i felt that they were kind of the weaker part of the story because 
uh, as Colin pointed out earlier, they were kind of falling all over themselves. They're a hive mind, so it make it makes less sense that if they're in a hive mind, why would they then have this issue where they're falling all over? Each yeah, other? why why would they run into each other in that? Um, that's, that's more like an individualized thing. Is that you? That would be what I would. Probably choose. just the tech problems. Why they need a, a good engineer on on staff? You know. Yeah, it is kind of interesting because we have seen um, once before creatures who have this sort of thing of the, the silence who never build anything themselves. They just steal things and are, frankly, a lot more effective at it. These guys seem to just be bad at everything. <laughs> yeah. Even I mean, the- they escaped. They didn't die. Yeah, they did. No, they didn't. It kind of seemed like the ship went away. I, yeah, I, I was wondering. I think they did escape. Oh, really? I thought that the I thought the ship like they were definitely shocked. I don't know. No, it looks like it took took off into into oh, okay. outer space to, just like, to get away from the lightning bolt. Yeah, like an overdrive. Like it powered it enough to just skyrocket away from the planet. Which is fine. Steal oh, okay. another engineer from some other planet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But that that put uh, Tesla's importance out there, you know, another race coming to Earth, scouring through through time, and, and recognizes the genius of, of this one little inventor. Well, I don't well, think they I were see, scouring through time. I don't think they time traveled. But I also feel like so she had to wipe the memory of like the first computer girl and some random spy that was going to be killed in the next couple months anyway. But she doesn't. Wipe the mind of, like, two of the greatest inventors of all time I know. <laughs> when they've seen all this crazy futuristic tech. Like, that doesn't make sense They'll to me. They'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess maybe because the, she realizes that they're probably not going to say anything anyway. Yeah, but they've seen things that they shouldn't have seen, so you would think that would impact their inventions. And It, it, is, a, it is a contradiction to the previous episode. It, yeah, it does I mean, it, it in that sense, yes. But maybe it's maybe because she knew that the people that she, that saw her in the previous episode, it it was too much of an impact on them. Whereas with Tesla and Edison, they're going to go on and do what they were doing anyway. Yeah, I think it was kind of an outlier her wiping the memory of those those two women because she's done a lot. Of stuff like like in this episode where it's just a lot more impactful and a lot more important people in history and just kind of left it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it's just inconsistencies like this that that kind of get a little weird. So it's just hard to know what what to make of it. Maybe she did go back and take the take down their minds for all we know though. <laughs> we just didn't see it happen. Because if they show it every single time, obviously that's going to lose its effect. Um, but there's other people throughout history that that the doctors left with with their minds intact. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like it seems like, like part of the journey, you know, ties into history too. Like I, I think we we see Nikola Tesla, you know, getting the the Wi-Fi idea, which I think is consistent through history, and it happens in the middle of this, um, you know, alien war. Well, he kind of had the idea before. Yeah, the episode takes place because he had all this stuff written, drawn out, ready to go. And matter of fact, he had the tower built, so of course he knew what he was trying to do. It's just that he couldn't do it just yet. And I'm so sorry. We don't need the Doctor Who theme song. <laughs> um, maybe, maybe she wipes all their memories of her off screen, or like after the episode is done. 
Well, I mean, let's think about a little later. Let's drop back to Vincent and the doctor where the doctor intentionally goes and takes Vincent van Gogh into the future to see his impact on the world, which doesn't get realized until long after his death and doesn't wipe his memory or anything. I mean, this is a little bit like, I mean, not that she showed Tesla the impact he'd have, but like in the same sort of sense, I mean, it's a lot of influential things and just kind of left with it. And yeah. apparently that that great inspirational moment can't even fight off depression. Right. I'm pretty sure that Tesla kind of knew what was going on because he was viewing what was going on inside the TARDIS and is like, that's some of the things that I was trying to think. Like, just the speaker with the queen on the the speaker is, uh, it's like, hmm, I wonder where that came from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tesla is definitely elevated to the level of the doctor. I think you see this with some other great historical, you know, figures in, in Doctor Who. They're on a genius level where they can look through perception filters and and things like that that we typically would think, you know, might just be in the domain of a time warp. Right, yeah. right, like when Shakespeare looks through the psychic paper. Mm-hmm. But are they really time lords, though? No, no, they're not. Time will tell. <laughs> or not. Yeah, well, and... Shelby and Colin and I were having an interesting conversation about the difference between historical episodes of Doctor Who and then ones that aren't based in like a histor- like an Earth historical moment and how, you know, you kind of do... And I mean, I think there are costs and benefits to having it be a historical story. In one case, like, you kind of have a, a built-in backstory for all the characters, so you don't have to spend as much time on that. You can kind of, like, get to know their personalities and stuff a little bit better. And... It's exciting to see, like, these famous historical people and then also these famous historical settings and stuff, and you can kind of, like, find it more relatable, and it's like you're rooting for people a little bit more, or at least in my case there are. But then, like what we're talking about, there are inconsistencies, and then when you put the whole, like, Time Lord aspect into it, it's like, well, how much it would it actually influence somebody who's meeting a Time Lord outside of, like, their context and... Like, it, I don't know, it just causes other types of issues versus when it's, like, a future setting or a non-Earth setting. Definitely. Colin, it is rating time. Ratings time. All right, well, I will kick this off. Um, this was a good episode. This was a step up from, I think, what we were all thinking of last week was a little lackluster. Um, I think this one made a lot more sense, it was more consistent, and just about everything was wrapped up in a neat bow at the end of it. Um, I thought uh, Tesla was a fantastic character, really loved how uh, Tesla played off, you know, the Doctor, Edison, at Yaz as well in this episode, so I think there was good chemistry there. Um, but, you know, for some good chemistry and an episode about Tesla, I feel like this episode was missing a little bit of a spark for me. Um, there was some times where I, I think it was just a little bit of a lull, I wasn't quite as captivated, and there's just a little bit more that I want out of a excellent Doctor Who episode. I want a little bit more, you know, philosophy in there. I, I wish, you know, they uh, did something a little bit more impactful and interesting with inventions. I, I think there's a few opportunities here that were missed. All in all, I'm going to say this is a solid episode for me. This is going to get a 7 out of 10. All right, Kelsey. Um... I I did enjoy this episode, especially compared to last week's. Um, I still think probably my favorite episode this season so far was, like, the first episode 
if you don't count part two. <laughs> um, so, but this one was good. I like the historical pieces usually. They, they tend to be my favorites in general. Um, I thought that the characters were developed really nicely. Like, you care about the side characters, which I don't always feel that. Um, so I thought that that was interesting. I The villains were kind of meh to me. Like, they... They were fine. They, like, met their purpose, but they weren't anything that, like, really gripped me as, like, being like, oh, that's a cool villain. I want to see more of that. Or, like, oh, this is, I'm going to be thinking about this villain in the future. It was kind of like it could have been anything, really. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed the episode. It wasn't one of my favorites. It was definitely not one of my least favorites. So I think I'm going to give it a 7.5 out of 10. All right. Jeremy? Hmm. I'll just give my rating first. I rate it an interesting out of 10. Why I say this is because, well... You want to be difficult? Yes. <laughs> that and, um, yet again, the villains in this, probably you don't want to see them again, or you're not even going to see them again. They're just kind of there to set a conflict of sorts. But it did kind of set the atmosphere at the very least, so maybe 7.55 out of 10. <laughs> just to be more precise, huh? Carl? Ratings just keep getting better. <laughs> Carl, what did you rate this? Um, 6.752387. Oh, good lord. <laughs> All right. <laughs> one zero one zero. <laughs> So somewhat solid of a story, but not not the greatest. Yeah, I mean, I'm not that big on history and stuff. Oh. I like ancient history, but I don't okay. like that kind of history and Early all that political stuff. Um, but and, and the villains did seem like a copy and paste from that Tenth Doctor episode. Just with scorpions, mm -hmm. um, but I did I did like the scorpions. They were cute and <laughs> and well designed to say the least. Like yeah. they, um, I don't know, but yeah, that's my that that's my rating. Also, based on everyone else's points about the episode. All right. So um, before I launch into rating, I would just like to point, say a very happy birthday to Tom Baker, who's 86 today. Woo! And um, yes, yeah, so this episode, again, I really liked the Tesla Edison part. I thought that they captured that really well. And I agree with Michael. They did a perfect casting for Tesla on it. Um, that said, as everyone mentioned, the villains were kind of eh. I mean, they needed to be there for plot purposes, but... Other than that, I mean, they could have been replaced with anyone, basically. Um, but it was an entertaining episode, and I thought that it, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I'm going to give this one a 7.5. <sighs> Interesting. Well, um, for me, I, the one thing I think that this did for me was bring me back to my childhood with regards to Doctor Who, because the sense of wonder that I felt when I first saw Doctor Who at the tender age of, I guess it was eight, um, would be, um, it was just this overwhelming sense of wonder. I mean, it was just, a, it just, 
captured my mind. This particular episode, and especially with Tesla himself, captured my that that eight year old, that ten year old self that was watching Doctor Who back in the eighties. And so I was very glad to see that aspect come back. The direction of this episode and the music and the and the overall look and design. I I can't find any faults in them. I mean, everything looked good. The scorpions looked good. The queen looked good. All the the period costuming, the actual cities that they had, and everything just looked like I was back in time during the this era with an alien menace in the in the lurk, lurking around here. Um, so I mean, I I really appreciate all that. Um, I I'm not going to say that I had such a hard time with with the plot or the aliens or anything else. I think these, this particular queen was a little bit more memorable than anything that we had all of last season. And I liked her design. So I think for me, I'm going to actually give this one an 8.5 out of 10 because I actually really enjoyed this episode. All right. Well, let us know what you guys think. You can email us at thehoovianreview at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and YouTube. Hi, everyone. Bye. 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 View us in 4D.